This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, this is Hunter Homestek with DK Pittsburgh Sports, and you are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast with T-Striker. Welcome back, Steeler Nation, for your SteelerNation.com podcast. I am your host, G Stryker. With me again to finish the conversation is Hunter Homestek from DKPittsburghSports.com. We really got into the podcast yesterday going back and forth. There was so much knowledge that it requires two podcasts to cover all of the information needed on the Pittsburgh Steelers season this upcoming year for 2020. So, with no further ado, let's get back into our regularly scheduled podcast with Hunter and Stryker, already in progress, talking about the second half of the 2020 season. The ninth game on the Steelers' schedule is against Cincinnati on Fox, and it's one of those games where they take the AFC matchup and they move it to the opposite network. They've started doing this um, a little bit more frequently here the last couple years. So now we get to see firsthand now that Joe has Joe exotic burrow will be the quarterback for the Bengals and his Tigers at the midpoint of the season. He's got half a season under his belt. So it'll be interesting to see what type of team they are with Joe Burrow as the quarterback because he's got plenty of weapons, both at running back, huge, tall receivers, with A.J. Green, their new draft pick, and uh, Higgins, and they got Auden Tate on the roster. Everybody on their team is over six foot four. it seems like, a wide receiver and can run like a 4 4 40. It's, 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 it's going to be an interesting way to see how this team gets the receivers open and, and plays with, with Joe Exotic. It is, and we're going to know a lot about Joe Burrow by that point as well, which makes it interesting. This isn't like you're seeing him week one or two and not sure what to expect. Yeah. For sure, he's still he's still going to be developing and changing week to week and learning new things. But by this point, you're going to have an idea for how he plays and how he manages the offense and what the Bengals are trying to do. If they're trying to you know, maybe run the ball. I think everybody looks at Joe Burrow. And like you said, all these big receivers and they're just going to be this airmail team. Well, what if they're not? You know, they have a really good running back. Joe Mixon's really good. What if they rely on him more than usual to take some pressure off Joe Burrow? That makes sense to me. And I think that could surprise a lot of people. So we identity is like the word of the day on this podcast. But I think the Bengals identity is one that's maybe going to change more than any other team because it can fluctuate. If Joe Burrow is the lights out quarterback that we saw last year at LSU, that's going to completely change that franchise you know at the snap of the fingers they're going to become lethal if that's the case if it's not the case they've got to scramble to pick up the pieces and figure out how to win without that and while he develops without ruining him without like I said teaching these bad habits or beating him up too much or hurting his confidence too much so there's a lot riding on that and anytime you have the number one overall pick and he's your franchise quarterback, yeah, all eyes are going to be on you all season. So he's going to be handling that pressure as well by week nine. What is, is this yeah. week nine? 10? Yep, that's, the, this, that's yeah, week, but, Well, it's week 10, but it's our ninth game, yes. Gotcha. By this matchup, the, a lot of answers will already be had, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the Steelers approach it. And the only other interesting thing I have to say about this Joe Burrow pickup is – Cincinnati Bengals is, has thrown all of their eggs in one carton. That's it. I mean, it's their sink or swim with Joe this year because they got rid of Andy Dalton. They could have had Andy yeah. Dalton for another year. They could have kept him on the roster to help out with the transition, which I thought would have been smart. Instead, if anything happens with Joe Burrow, you got Ryan Finley, you got Jake Dolagala. I mean, who the hell are these quarterbacks? <laughs> what, what's hilarious, another aspect of this is like we talked about the Dak versus Andy is that they, they could potentially see Andy Dalton by that point, or maybe Dak gets injured or whatever. Maybe Andy just takes over by then. It would be funny to play <laughs> Dalton with the cow, 
with the Cowboys and then turn around and face Burrow with the Bengals. It'd be like a back-to-back Bengals game. Yeah, that would, that would be something else, and it would be a, a fun matchup for Andy Dalton should he take over the reins in Dallas and get to play against his old team. You'd, he'd have that fire in his belly, I know, to go against to kind of show them, you know, you got rid of me, I'm going to take it out on you guys in this game. Right. <laughs> yeah, so moving on the next week, following the Cincinnati game, You've got a a team right now, which is another fire sale team. It's a team that we've had a lot of problems in the past in the matchups. But now, I I mean, this is another team that's having a a tough time with their identity being uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars for the 10th matchup of the season. Dude, I I don't know. They're like the Texans on steroids. Yeah. (laughs) There's so much just oddity. There's so much strange rumblings coming out of Jacksonville and, and these public feuds that the players are having with their, with their GM. I don't remember if it's their GM or like their head of scouting. I forget the, I forget the guy's name, but uh, their players are just openly feuding about their contracts with uh, management. And gosh. it's a very strange look and the Leonard Fournette stuff as well. You know, yeah. that was very public and that, that was strange. So what is this team, man? We, we don't know right yeah. now. We have no idea. I think it kind of, the writing was on the wall when they unloaded Jalen Ramsey. You know, he was yeah. absolutely an elite corner, one of yeah. the best in the game, if not if not the absolute best in the game. When you just kind of unload him, don't try to replace him, don't really think twice about it, you could tell that something's going on with this team. We're not really sure yet still what Jacksonville's going to be and what they were thinking there, but I think this is going to be because you mentioned how they traditionally play the Steelers tough, which they absolutely do. Yeah, I think this is going to be the worst uh, most chaotic Jacksonville team that the Steelers have, te- have seen in quite a few years. So I'm not saying they're reverting to just the tragic Jaguars of years past, but I think this should be a layup for the Steelers. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. That four net thing was crazy. I, I think we might've even talked about it when people were asking a hey, striker, are they going to, the Steelers should pick up Leonard Fournette. Why don't they grab Leonard Fournette? I'm like, number one, it doesn't work out really financially to do that and do you really want to upset the dynamic of your locker room by bringing in a guy that's already disgruntled in Jacksonville because the Steelers have gotten away from that whole disgruntled person in the locker room thing now like we're not a savior place anymore but we'll bring in talent if it's available and if it helps the team Uh, for me that just never worked but it was so odd like we're talking about that at draft time you heard Leonard Fournette was on the he was on the trading block the entire league knew it. They, they knew, and it seems like Jacksonville wanted fourth-round draft uh, currency for him. They wouldn't take anything less than a, a, a number, a fourth-round pick for Leonard Fournette. And that definitely wasn't what the Steelers were looking to do with their fourth round. So, you know, obviously it didn't work out for us. The rest of the league didn't value the headache of Leonard Fournette coming in and dealing with their locker room situations, I think, as, as being as high as a fourth-round draft pick. And if they would have maybe lessened their claims and let them go for a sixth or seventh, Fournette might have been on a different team right now. But instead, they've shifted gears. They're 100% back into Fournette. And really, Fournette is going to be the offense this season. As long as they they, they keep him healthy and they keep working toward um, making sure that they're receptive to listening to his health, because that was something that we talked about with Eric Ebron was one of the reasons that he was really upset with the Colts was because they didn't treat his injury as seriously as he knew it was. They said, oh, you could play hurt. Oh, it's this. And he had to go out and get outside an outside doctor to confirm that this was the actual problem. So that's why he soured in, in uh, Indianapolis. You're getting the yeah. same type of thing now in Jacksonville where Fournette's had some injuries. They've called him a little bit soft. That's one of the other reasons why they're looking to get rid of him now with his with his uh, numbers going down the one year. So, you know, that's the type of player that really sours on a franchise. So if he's banged up, does he really want to go out there and, and give his heart and soul to his team? You know, does should, should he just say, well, maybe I'll just take this week off and say that I need to get I- get back in shape? Yeah, I could also just as easily see him having a monster year from a pure volume standpoint. Like you said, I mean, he's a really talented running back. That's the thing. Yeah. Last year, this 
this surprised me big time. He had like 80 receptions last year. Yes. I think 76, yes. maybe. That's nuts. That Nobody thinks of Leonard Fournette as a receiving back. But, man, that's huge. Like, And we saw how that worked for Le'Veon Bell. When yep. you add that other layer, not just as a player, of course, it makes you more threatening, adds a lot more value to you on the field, but it also adds a lot more value for negotiating your next contract. You yep. know, you I want – half running back, half receiver money. You know what I mean? Because I'm basically a receiver for you. Yep. And that's what we saw Le'Veon Bell demanding for so long. So I could see Fournette going out this season and just saying, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to just get stats. I'm going to just go out and ball out and get my stats. I don't care about the team really. I don't care about wins, True. but I care about my future. True. But I care about my future. And I know if I just put up numbers that somebody's going to pay me for it. So I could see that happening just as well. Excellent point, Hunter. Moving on. The next week, Thanksgiving week, Steelers got a Thanksgiving game against the Baltimore Ravens. Getting to see them this time at home. So Thanksgiving week five is the is the uh, Thanksgiving night, five weeks in between their matchups. And this time, the Steelers get to play them in Pittsburgh for the night game after all the turkey's been digested. <laughs> I can't wait to see how many Yinzers are having tailgates where they're serving roasted <laughs> raven instead right? of turkey. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know it's coming. <laughs> this is that's, gonna be. That's the only bird they're gonna be serving in Pittsburgh. Yin's gotta get your roasted raven. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's gonna be so fun. This this just can't disappoint, regardless. Even if the Ravens are somehow taking a massive step back next year, some craziness happens, no matter what, no matter who's out on the field, you could have the preseason rosters out there, and it, this is just going to be a good time. Yeah. The holidays, you can already hear Mike Tomlin talking about it, how much it means to him to have the opportunity and how humbled he is to you know play on a holiday and yep. know that it's this family-oriented big day. Yep. Everybody's going to be just, just loving this. So. There is, dude. What what more is there to say about Steelers Ravens on Thanksgiving at eight twenty? Come on, that's just that's magical. <laughs> I just hope that one thing does not occur this year that happened on the last Ravens Steelers matchup on Thanksgiving. Mike Tomlin, you need to stay off of the field. No more oh. running on the field, Mister Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I, I forgot that was Thanksgiving, yep. man. That's funny. <laughs> yep, so it'll be a fun. Obviously, that's going to be the matchup. That might be one of the highest-rated games, regular season games of the season, uh, just from the rivalry, the, the what happened the previous time. I know they're going to make light of it, and they're going to talk about that as well with, with Tomlin slowing down the uh, Raven on the return <laughs> to actually get the, we actually did get the tackle on that play and nearly pulled it back out, but that was just an insane game. And every time Ravens and Steelers get together, throw everything out the window. Like you're saying, it's going to be the best matchup of that week and possibly the best matchup of the season. So coming off the big Thanksgiving day matchup, the Steelers get a mini bye week as they get to rest the extra weekend to get to come back home and play a game against the Washington Redskins on Fox. Obviously, they're rebuilding this year. They still have Adrian Peterson, who is still a threat. But who's their quarterback this year? Is it Haskins? Is Alex Smith going to be the quarterback by this time of the season? Is he even going to come back? Oh, man, I <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I thought it was like a rhetorical question because <laughs> who knows? <laughs> hey, I answer your rhetorical uh, I, I questions. You can answer mine. I'm sure you you went you went in depth on that too but uh <laughs> yeah I I think it's funny you talk about the mini buy which they get obviously coming off the Thursday night game yeah. I think this matchup is uh, it's dangerous to say but this feels like an extended bye week matchup as well the the Redskins are struggling they're struggling they've been struggling for years they're yeah. not really super threatening we saw I think the last time the Steelers played them they just blew them out again totally different team so you can't you can't put too much stock in that but like yeah. you said not only not only have they not been a successful team recently they have a major question mark at the most you know the biggest position on the field at quarterback I love adding Chase Young is going to make their defense more dynamic for sure that yeah. he's he's yeah. going to be a, he's going to be an absolute stud I think but that was, yeah that was one the guy the draft to, too I, I love that pick in the yeah. draft I think thought he was the best player in the draft too 
I, I agree completely. But at the same time, one player does not a team make. You know, how many True. times have we seen that yep. play out? So Washington, eh, eh, I, I don't get too excited about this matchup. But if if somehow, you know, they figure out their quarterback situation and can put something together, this could end up being a fun game. And that's the third quarter of the season. So in their in their third group of four games, they this is the first time they hit some imbalance in the record. So they got three home games, one away game, and they play one primetime matchup and two divisional opponents. So they, they have the divisional opponents balanced now. So we know, obviously, if they have more home games than away games – in the third quarter of the season, the fourth quarter season is going to be the opposite. And they're starting off with an away game, Sunday night game, this time in Buffalo, who is, I think, is going to be the best team in the AFC that is not named the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, it's a tough matchup. Last December, we saw that late December matchup in Pittsburgh. It was a close game. Obviously, with Ben, it, it might have been a different game, but... Those kind of matchups, late in the year, you're expecting more defensive football, tougher to air it out, colder games, and it's going to be nice and cold up there in Buffalo at 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, that's that's the interesting layer to this primetime game is that they get two back-to-back here at Buffalo, at Cincy, very late in the season. These yeah. are going to be some very cold games. But the, yeah. the Steelers, for the most part, are used to that. It's not going to be a surprise, and Buffalo is obviously used to that. So it's not going to be a surprise to them either. Right up the road from Pittsburgh. I like what Buffalo's built, man, as well. I, I think you said it there, that they're going to be the next best team in the AFC after the Ravens. I can certainly see that. There's a lot to like with this team. And the way they've they've built kind of smartly in my eyes, you know, like adding a Stefan Diggs, not, not making the craziest splashy moves, but making very solid moves that complement the pieces that are already there. So, I think the Bills are being smart. They're in a position this season, finally, with the big bad witch of Tom Brady out of the division. <laughs> they can finally get they can finally get some momentum within the division, you would think. And maybe this is their time. Maybe they have the full confidence. Maybe they're they're leading the pack like the Ravens did last year in their division and just carrying that all throughout the league, just having that swagger about them. So I could see that happening. They're a tough team. They're built well on offense and defense just to play. Um, they remind me kind of the Titans in a way, in the way they're constructed to just win smartly, play good fundamental football, be tough. You know, all those kind of intangible things you talk about, it feels like they have that. So once the talent catches up with that, which I think they've added the pieces, that's when you start talking about a super dangerous team. So that at Buffalo, 820, it's going to be cold. It's going to be a good one. Um, the Bills Mafia is the most fun – sorry, Steelers Nation <laughs> – the most fun fan, fan base in, in America to me. They're just insane because, you know, it's like a pro wrestling match with it these is. guys all the time. <laughs> Get uh, the table. So yeah, yeah. So, so that's just fun. So there's a lot to love about this Bills matchup, and it, it'll kick off a pivotal last stretch for the Steelers as, as they close out. And you hit a good point, too, the Tom Brady effect, meaning that the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins have not won the division since Tom Brady came to play for them in 99. The last time the Buffalo Bills won their division was in 1995. So we're going back to when the Steelers were playing Dallas in the Super Bowl. That's a long time to go between not having a divisional wins being one of four teams in a division. So monkeys off the back this season. I think it's going to, they're going to go balls to the wall. I don't think they're going to be afraid at all at those matchups against new England where in the past, they always seem to kind of be a little bit more tentative, play a little bit closer to the, to the vest. But I know Sean McDermott's going to have his team ready and he's going to want to show that he can be the team to beat in the AFC East this year. Yep, absolutely. And that that's the whole thing of it is that they may not only seize the reins, but kind of seize the reins and just completely take over, just completely hit a new level of confidence. And just you see how teams do that all the time, you yeah. know, yeah. So I won't say all the time. I, I should maybe shouldn't say all the time. <laughs> but when it happens, you'll see this team just learn how to win. It's exactly what we talked about with the Browns as yeah. far as building a winning culture, understanding how to win. 
they they figured out how to win last year. They yeah. had a good year last year. Didn't didn't quite go where they wanted, but now it's about taking that next step and yeah. maybe just becoming kind of a powerhouse team. I like the pieces there, man. I can't see the Bills having a bad season. Yeah, me neither. And I can't I can't see that being an easy matchup at all. No. So then after this late night primetime matchup, the Steelers have another primetime matchup on the road the following week, Monday night football against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincy. How's that matchup going to look in December? Now we're at late December, December 21st, just before Christmas. Hopefully the Steelers can get their Christmas present early. I'm going to see how much Joe Burrow likes the cold for sure. And yeah. that, so that'll, that'll be fun. And again, we're going to know for sure that, that late in the season, what the Bengals are all about. And as much as we talk about the confidence with the bills and these other teams, Man, if the Bengals can somehow lace together a few wins, they might come into that matchup just with a lot of with a lot of swagger and a lot of confidence and looking to make their mark known. Like Joe Burrow, even if the Steelers beat them in that first matchup, I could see them maybe rattling off a few wins in between and coming back and saying, "Yeah, you're not getting us again." And just you, the rivalry games are always close; they're yeah. always competitive. Yeah. Regardless, they're always going to have you know a physical element about them that makes things interesting. So I could see the Bengals, even if they're not playing for a playoff spot at that at this point in the season, still just wanting to prove a point and prove that they're building, that they're here, that they can take out the Steelers at home and, and hold down home court, so to speak. So it's an interesting matchup against the Bengals always, yeah. but especially with all these additional layers this season. And I do like the fact, too, that the rivalry has calmed down a little bit in the Cincinnati rivalry with them losing Vontae's perfect last season. Steelers at least know and everybody else in the division I talk to Ravens fans they say the same thing our our teams know when we play the Cincinnati Bengals nobody's going to be taking a headshot at one of our players for no effing reason nobody's going to be alligator rolling one of our players ankles after they're tackled or landing on them out of bounds after they're already prone so that player is no longer on the field it makes it for a much better cleaner matchup in my opinion and I've always respected their offensive talent I've always loved AJ Green's game and there's a lot of players on that offensive side of the ball especially with the running backs that are very very talented players that you just enjoy watching play and you, you of course big hits are going to happen in rivalry games I like it when the big hits occur between the whistles and they're not cheap and they're not targeting hits if it's not that, like we have with the Ravens usually, then that's what you're that's what you want to see in a rivalry, and that's what makes rivalries great. So these Cincinnati younger team, they got some good draft picks, got some good, good defensive players coming up too. I, I think that they're learning things the right way, and I think that this rivalry is going to start increasing now that they have their franchise quarterback as well. Yeah, I agree on all fronts there, man. I think they're the entire division, you know, everything we've said about the Browns and obviously the Ravens as well. But I think this entire division has become a lot more competitive through the draft and through the things these yeah. teams have done yeah. over the past two years specifically. It kind of you could kind of feel it a little bit last year. Obviously, the Bengals were a disaster last year, but they've made a lot of changes. Yeah. And the Browns had a down year as well. Hmm. But you can still see with the Browns. There is hope. I think even the most hardcore Steelers fan would agree that the Browns have some pieces and have done some nice things over the past couple of years that show little flashes of what they may be. So, yeah, the the division as a whole is going to be tough. The Bengals matchup's going to be tough regardless. The Bengals could be O and whatever it would be, 13 coming into that game, and it's still going to be a tough game. <laughs> yep, and then coming off of that Monday night game, they got a short week, and they're playing the Indianapolis Colts at home. So that's a benefit – of at least coming off of a Monday night game. Their following game is going to be at home as opposed to traveling, and it's against another team. I mean, obviously, Jacoby Brissett is their quarterback, but it's another team that we're trying to realize what is their identity? Who Who is this team coming up this year? They had a losing record last year. Steelers saw them last year and did well against them. I mean, obviously met them at the right time. It was still a close game, so... What do you see this game being this season? Well, they got Philip Rivers right off the bat. Oh, I mean, just to right. correct you there, it should be. Should sorry. No, sorry. That, don't I apologize. Know. I need the I need the info. <laughs> I, 
I I knew you were going to kick yourself as soon as you heard me say it, but that's kind of a that that did fly under the radar somehow for as big of a move as that was. It wasn't. Yeah. It just kind of got buried. Yeah. I think it. If it happened maybe within the like initial coronavirus outbreak or something, I feel like it was just kind of buried under something else. But I'm not sure what that something was. But regardless, I actually recently forgot they got him as well. It's it's funny. I mean, it's Philip Rivers, like a potential Hall of Fame quarterback. I yes. don't think he is a shoe in, yeah. despite being in that same cluster with Ben and Manning. Obviously, drafted with them, but also yep. passing yards, passing touchdowns, pass completions—they're all clustered together in the history books in the top ten and that bottom half of the top ten. So it's crazy just how their careers have played out. But Philip Rivers can obviously do damage, but the Steelers seem to play him well. I feel like, yeah. and the Steelers play the Colts well. The Steelers have had success against the Colts lately, too. So I think this is a favorable matchup for them and something that doesn't get talked about as much. But Philip Rivers playing in the cold. Yes. I don't know what that's going to be like. He's used to playing in warm weather, yes. being on, on warm teams and everything. And this is this is at Heinz Field, so it applies. Obviously, the Lucas Oil Dome wouldn't matter if no. it was in Indy. But yeah. here... At Heinz Field on December 27th, I have a feeling old Philip Rivers is going to be in, <laughs> going to have some cold weather to deal with. So we'll see how that works out for them. Um, like I said, the Steelers have played the Colts well over the years, played Rivers well over the years. I think all that bodes really well for them. Indianapolis has some really nice pieces, and on defense especially, they have some really nice pieces. But if the Steelers are where many Steelers fans would want them to be at this point, they should be able to handle the Colts. They should. And thank you very much for walking me back on track with, with the Philip Rivers going to there because that's why we make each other better on this show and why the Steeler Nation <laughs> podcast works because we got two knowledgeable Steeler fans and the knowledge tends to fit where somebody has a gap in one, the other one's strong in it. So I appreciate that. So a great point, too. Now, now I'm thinking back to the times that Philip Rivers came to play in Pittsburgh as a member of the San Diego Chargers or whatever charge, whatever city the Chargers decided to be in at the time. I think we only played them when they, when they were in San Diego, when they came at least to Pittsburgh. So at home, at yeah. home. And I remember two times, I think one was in the playoffs and I think one was late in the season in December. And I, I can remember Chargers fans, two girls getting off the plane late December in, you know, a sweatshirt and jeans at the beginning of the game. And, and I said, you're going to be cold. Cause I'm in my full ski, you know, s snow gear. I, I know this is going to be a cold game. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, Oh no, it'll be all right. By halftime, they had a terrible towel blanket <laughs> wrapped around them. So nice. that they had to buy at the, <laughs> at the gift shop. So, <laughs> so that's the way that San Diego and that Southern California is when they get to Pittsburgh. And it's the same thing with, with uh, rivers. When rivers comes to Pittsburgh, he, he tends to not have his best games. He has, I don't know if it's the cold. I don't know if it's the crowd compounding with the cold or the fact that he's going to have to see a tough defense when that happens as well. Cause that's the way we've always matched up against him when we've had pretty strong defenses. So for me, I love this matchup. If we're going to see Phillip rivers, I want to see him outside in the cold end of December, you know, December 27th. It's as, it's as late as you can get in December, at least for this matchup. And, you know, I love it. I absolutely love the fact that they're going to be able to freeze him out. And that is interesting with Eli Manning retiring from that draft class from the 04 draft class. Now it's just Ben and Rivers being the two big dogs from that draft class. So it'll be a yep. big marquee matchup, at least quarterback versus quarterback. And it's a legacy game. It's going to say, you know, which is the better quarterback. Obviously, Ben, I think, is the, the most successful, making three Super Bowls. Both he and Eli won two. That's probably going to get them both in the Hall of Fame because they're winners. But the thing with that you have to remember about Phillip Rivers is he's the best statistical quarterback out of all of them. He's not the best winner. He doesn't win in the playoffs. But statistically, he has way more yardage, more touchdowns than than the, and better completion percentage than the other two. So if that's the value in your measure of a quarterback is statistics, which is the way it kind of goes from fantasy football mind. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. If you're going more for practical football, is he a winner? Does he win the football game? Does he win the tough football games? Does he win those late December football games? And then does he win those games in the playoffs? That's where he's lacking, and that's where he really needs to add on. So 
back when the Steelers were facing him with the Chargers, I think they had a lot more talent. Seeing him with the young talent that they currently have on the Colts, I think this is probably a, a matchup that would side a little bit better toward the Steelers, but still, it's the best possible scenario, in my opinion, to face Phillip Rivers that late in the season. Yeah, absolutely agreed on all fronts. And the statistical point, he definitely has Hall of Fame stats, yes. but it's that winning, and it's very it's very hard to ignore. It's hard to ignore the playoff letdowns continually. Some of the teams he's had defenses he's had he's been on some really good teams it's not like he was stuck on these just tragic flailing chargers teams they had some really really good teams that they just could never piece together for various reasons and he just never elevated in the big moments and that's that's really hard for me to ignore when evaluating somebody's hall of fame candidacy because you think look at it this way if ben roethlisberger was drafted by the chargers and had the same teams rivers had would they have gone further i i genuinely think they would have so yeah, that that yeah. tells me everything i need to know when i think ditto for eli man eli yeah. eli fell off eli fell off a cliff for sure towards the end of his career but people forget how good he he actually was yes. not just as a quarterback but as a winner he yes. he had that elite i mean they they beat the freaking 18 and 0 Patriots. Yep. You know, like yep. that's a huge game time gamer put on your game face win. He had that ability in when it mattered. So that's just it's hard for me to ignore with Rivers. And then you have your last game of the season in dun, dun, Cleveland. Dun. One o'clock game, last game. It's a final matchup. Now, this is the longest the Steelers will go in their divisional matchups, both with the Ravens and with Cincinnati. They're both five weeks apart. The two Cincinnati, the two Cleveland games are 11 weeks apart. So to finish the final matchup at the Frozen Pond up there in, uh, in Cleveland, how does it look? Awesome. That's the, I love the... I love the uh, the humor of the NFL schedulers saving Cleveland for last because that's the fire everybody game. You know, <laughs> if they have another letdown. <laughs> yeah, Steelers are playing they, them the last game of the season the last two years. <laughs> it seems like they go, they, go they know, dude, dude, they know exactly what they're doing. Seriously, don't kid <laughs> yourself. Don't, don't think this is an accident because it's absolutely not. If the Browns are a dumpster fire again, somehow, if they have another massive letdown, this is the fire everyone game, and it's going to be great, great drama and great storylines, great media attention. It's going to be amazing. But overall, like you said, it's funny that the, they're 11 weeks apart. I hadn't even noticed that. And last year, weren't yeah. they only like two, two weeks apart? Yes. Like those were basically back back-to-back games last yeah, year so that's weird <laughs> they're like hockey home and homes it's like you play them <laughs> yeah. you come back the next right. weekend play them at your place it's something else man it and did. They did that with the ravens yeah. too yeah. and like and the ravens we'd always see them in like a three-week matchup where like ben would get hurt that time so like yeah he's out those sure. next four weeks and we got to play with michael vick so <laughs> yeah yeah it's just a mess and yeah and charlie batch and <laughs> but that's For sure but that what I do like the spread. I do like them spreading out the matchups a little bit more. I like that five weeks is, I think that that should be the minimum. You, you see a, a divisional opponent and, you know, four or five weeks would be the minimum, but to have it at 11 weeks, that's really a big, big parody. But you hit the nail on the head though, too. It's the Steelers have been the reason for more, <laughs> more <laughs> head coaching changes in Cleveland than any other reason ever. And they they fire their they fire their coaches mid season when they lose to the Steelers. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's a fact, man. But here to to pull it back and just to be maybe realistic or yeah. provide a different point of view, what what this game could also be mm-hmm. is a week seventeen battle for a wild card spot. Yeah. And how fun could that? How fun could Steelers Browns with a playoff spot win and get in? Yep. That could be. It. Incredible. That could be amazing theater and just everything that you watch sports for, especially yeah. by the end of the, by January, by January 3rd, hopefully, you know, full crowds are back and all that all is restored to normalcy on that front. And, and, it's, and it's too cold for a virus then. <laughs> exactly. Get out there, get exactly. <laughs> so really, no matter how you slice it, this is going to be for Steelers fans, the perfect little cap on a season. I lost it. Oh, check. Nope, I'm still in. You still there? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm here. Do you hear me? Yeah, just finish up the, the puts an, a cap on the season and just finish off your thought. Oh, that was it. That's where I was ending. Okay, great. <laughs> then that, that's perfect. Then I could just cut it right there because like it just cut out for a second. <clears throat> awesome, awesome. Sorry about that. So Sorry. that so that is the Steelers' fourth quarter of the season. Like we said, they played the previous quarter three at home, one away. This time they're one game at home, three away, which is very difficult in December, especially when you got. Two of them are primetime games on the road. Your only home game is going to be against Indianapolis and then finishing on the road in Cleveland. Fortunately, it's an opponent you know, but we don't know if, if Baker's going to be firing on all cylinders and their they're dominating defense with Miles Garrett's going to be really coming after Ben by that point in the year. If we have protection problems, that, that game can go anyway. So it's going to be an exciting way to see that end. But still, they got two more divisional opponents in the fourth quarter, two primetime games, three, three away, one home. Tough stretch, but looking at the whole season still, the back half, you still have eight home games, eight away games. It's it, there's it's or sorry, four home games, four away games. So it's it's nice and balanced on the back half as it is on the front half with four and four home and away. So it's it's looking like it's gonna be you got four total primetime games on the entire year, two Monday night, one late night on Thanksgiving, one late night Sunday against at Buffalo. Only one of those games are at home. And that's the Thanksgiving game. The other three games, the, the two Monday nights, the one in Cincy, the one in New York for the Giants, those are all on the road. So we have one primetime game at home. Tomlin does great in primetime games. His record on primetime is insane. So I like the, having those, home, those, those games being away. So hopefully we can pull some wins and have Tomlin's record continue to, to increase on the primetime games. Only one featured afternoon game, Hunter, one four o'clock game the entire season, and that is the Dallas Cowboy game after the bye, week nine. Other than that, you've got 11 one o'clock games, 11 of them, and seven out of eight of those one o'clock games are home games. Seven out of eight That's home crazy. games are one o'clock games. Our tailgating is going to be awesome this season if we can get out and tailgate because <laughs> Steeler fans love one o'clock games. They, they're built for it. They're up at 6 o'clock in the morning. We're out there. We're going to be tailgating at 9. We're going to be running up and getting our drink on before we get in the stadium and everything's on schedule. We can watch the game and Yins can get home before we're not even have to worry about traffic. You don't have to leave the game early. You're going to make work tomorrow. You're not going to lose any sleep. And you get to enjoy the game the way that you're used to watching football at 1 o'clock. That's going to be that. That's just insane. That's, that's the first time I've seen that in the in the lineup since like the 80s. Yeah, that's a great point. And of course, Pittsburghers love tailgating because tailgating's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so th the one thing I wanted to also kind of extrapolate from the schedule a little bit is the flex schedule. So flexing may happen in the back quarter of the season. Obviously, it's not going to happen between the first two games that the Steelers have at Buffalo and at uh, Cincinnati because they're already primetime games. You can't flex those. So they well, they though they may flex out. I guess one option is they could possibly flex out of that Buffalo eight o'clock spot if that matchup is not going to be competitive. But the way that these teams look like going into the season, that looks like it's going to be a marquee game and should be a competitive no, game. Sure. Now, the the uh, Indianapolis game, second to last week of the season, I don't see that as having as much of a potential for being flexed into a, a later spot. But that Cleveland matchup, like you did discuss, Hunter, that one could get flexed if both of these teams are fighting for a playoff spot. That would be one of those matchup games that, that the uh, NFL would want to have at prime time. But really, the last week of the season – the way they do the scheduling for the last week of the season comes down to who are the teams that are going to that, that the matchup itself determines on whether which teams get in the playoffs. Those are the ones that play at four o'clock and the one that gets the primetime game to finish off the season. Yep. So Steelers Browns on that level for sure looks like the obvious one. But also, like I said earlier, it seems like the NFL is trying to play down all the intense the way the rivalry has just kind of changed over recent years and become a little more violent and yeah. dirty, if you will. Yeah. So it seems like they're trying to play that down a little bit. So I could maybe see them not doing it for that reason, just to kind of keep that at bay further. Yeah. But if their first, if their first matchup goes off that October 18th one, if that goes off fine and it's, you know, just a good competitive football game, I don't think that'll be a worry at that point. And if they're both competing for a playoff spot, man, how can you not, that has to be yeah, flexed. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that's what the the NFL did last week was the the, the prime time game. I think they flexed was the winner makes the playoffs, the loser doesn't. So it was essentially a playoff yep. game to make the playoffs. So it was it was great. Wasn't that was that Tennessee Houston? I think it might have been a Tennessee Houston game. Yep. So that was the one. Yep. 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 So the winner go would went went to the playoffs, and it was Tennessee, and they had a hell of a run. So kudos to the NFL if it if that format works and that formula worked the previous year they're going to use it again this year and they will do it so that's the full season now Steeler fans hunter we got to start talking about how we see the season shaping up let's go through them quickly now more quickly i mean obviously we'll talk about the matchups and we're not going to go as in-depth as we have for the matchups themselves and talking about the schedule but i think that you and i should have should figure out who are going to win these games and then figure out what the Steelers schedule, what the Steelers record is going to be at the end of the season. So starting off week, week one to me, seeing Monday night football against a quarterback who is a newer quarterback has a, a great, great running back, but it seems to me like it's a one dimensional offense going up against a solid defense, which is a top five defense that's returning everybody this year on the Steelers. I think it's a really tough matchup, even though it's in New York, even though it's the first game back, possibly for Ben. I just see this as being the defense making sure that they're setting the tone to give Ben as much opportunity as he has to get comfortable in his first game back. And this would be a W for me. Yeah, I agree. This short answer, I agree. I see this being a win too, but at at the same time, I'll just throw in, it would not surprise me to see the Steelers have some problems early and and some chemistry issues and a lot of just bumps and bruises right off the bat. And like I said, whenever we were breaking down the matchup specifically, having a game breaker like Saquon Barkley can change everything. Just one, one big touchdown run from him could be the difference in this game, but Steelers defense, man, is elite. It was elite last year. And looks even better this year to me. So I don't. I see them having a smart plan to contain Saquon, obviously. And this looks like a W. Yep. Week two, first home game, like we said, against Denver, being their homecoming game. Ben's first game back in Pittsburgh. He gets a favorable matchup against a Denver team, which is still building its identity on offense. Obviously, they've got a good defense. And you've got to keep keep their pass rushers in check. But if that's done, I think the Steelers can win big week two. That's a W for me. Yep. Agreed with you on, on all fronts. I think Denver did a lot of things to add add some splashy offense through the draft for sure. But it all comes down to the quarterback, as Steelers fans know from last year. And I just I don't believe in him yet at that level he may he may develop into a very good nfl quarterback i don't know going four and one as a starter last season i mean that's awesome that's great like we like we said repeatedly through this podcast winning games in the nfl is never easy so put putting up winning record going four and one that's definitely something to build on yeah the broncos have been a little shaky though over the past couple years so early on i think they're still going to be figuring it out more so than the steelers and especially if 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 they win that first Giants game and they can build on that and things are looking good, you're just going to see things heat up that much more, Ben get that much more comfortable. This feels like a bigger win to me, a more surefire win than yeah. the Giants game, I'll say. Yeah. And then I think their favorable schedule continues to week three, having another home game against the Texans, who are having a fire sale right now, kind of rebuilding their team, rebuilding their offense. Even if you triple the wattage in week three, I still think that Steelers two watts. There's more than one watt for the for the uh, Houston Texans, and the Steelers get another W for the Watt brothers in Week Three. Yeah, I mean three and O out of the gate. That's yeah. a dream for Steelers fans <laughs> after the way after the way last season started, and they had to fight and claw their way back into relevancy and playoff contention. So. Coming out 3-0, and which I agree with you, this looks like a win as well. This Texan game looks super winnable. I favor them. to I favor the Steelers to take it for sure. So coming out, we're both looking at 3-0. and Things are about to get really interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things get interesting in week four. You're right, as Steelers have their toughest game on the schedule to date against the Tennessee Titans, who made it to the AFC Championship game last year, even though they just barely stole the Steelers' playoff spot to get into the playoffs, they made the most out of it. I think this is going to be a really tough game in Tennessee. 
It's going to be go a, a big defensive game in my mind, a big running attack, and the Steelers are going to have to figure out really how to stop that 100% run-oriented rushing attack, and I think it's just going to be a little too early for them to get that down yet, and they're going to end up with a loss coming out of Tennessee. Yeah, I I waver on this one big time because on one hand I can I can see, you know, I can see visions of Leonard Fournette running all over them in the playoffs and the way they've struggled with kind of a powerful back and a run heavy team. Yeah. At the same time though, you're looking at as far as the moves they've made just projecting rosters, it looks like Vince Williams is going to be playing a lot more this season mm -hmm. and he is that run stuffing inside linebacker. That could change the dynamic of their run defense completely now. You've lost Hargrave, of course, but he was more of a pass rushing nose tackle anyway. So yeah. now maybe you see more Tyson Alulu just mm -hmm. kind of be fundamental, fill the lanes, be a better run stopping team. Yeah. I could easily see them being being a better run stopping team this year than they have been in the past. So once they shut that down, and like we said, if if they're three and zero, that also means in my mind that things are going well offensively. Ben's fine, and yep. the offense is clicking. Yep. So if if that's the case, and I look at this defense, man. I think it's a win. I think it's a surprising win, a nice. close, tough win, and I, I think we're looking at 4-0. Nice. Coming out 4-0, coming back home against the Philadelphia Eagles for the Battle of Pennsylvania. Again, they've got some quarterback controversy already going on in, in, in Philadelphia and Eagles fans. Boo Birds are out in force. For me, I think this is a, is a tough game, for more tough for the Eagles than it would be for the Steelers, especially since the Steelers will be playing at home. Their defense is sound. I like them against any any team now, to tell you the truth, but even more so, so now since the Eagles' offense is in flux. I chalk this up as a W. I love, on paper, the matchup. This looks like a W, but... <laughs> but... <laughs> In my mind, in my mind, this is the point where you're because in my schedule I have four and zero. Yeah, that's it's just it's just crazy tough to start out five and zero in the NFL. There's always going to be a weird loss. There's always just a game where you come out flat and look bad and and grumble. And coming off a big Titans win, this is the one for me that I circle and say something weird's going to happen. This is the weird loss that fans are just disgusted by because it happens. It happens with every team. Yeah, this is the one. To, for me, it, it has to be four and one to start out. Philly is one of the ones they're going to drop for no good or apparent reason. Nice. Moving on the next week, first divisional matchup. They've got Cleveland now who is holding the title of the bad blood matchup for the Steelers in the AFC North with that Miles Garrett controversy that he said he says on what happened to spark the fight and to have somebody use a help someone's helmet as a weapon in a game. Now they're playing, but fortunately they get them at home in Pittsburgh. And this time the entire Steelers defense gets to take it out because they don't like the way that Miles Garrett treated their quarterback in the first matchup in the previous season. And they didn't get to go back out on field because the game was already over. But now at this point, You've got a new Steelers team, a new Steelers defense. Everybody's going to be working to keep Ben upright and protected, and everybody's going to have eyes on Miles Garrett. I see this one as being a big win for the Steelers. Yep, I'm with you 100%. However, I will add that it hinges on kind of what I've said repeatedly when talking about the Browns, is if they get out to a hot start, if they're entering this game, you know, 4-1 and one as well, or even 3-2 and two and just have some semblance of winning if they're coming off a big win, I think the Browns have a team that, if it gets hot, can be dangerous. If it's confident and things are clicking, very good team. I just don't see them figuring it out that fast, that soon into the season. So that's a that's a Steelers win for me, especially coming off a disappointing loss to the Eagles like I have them. A little extra motivation, a little extra fire, bounce back, beat the Browns. So to me, coming out of that Browns game, I think the Steelers are going to be a little bit banged up and then have to go onto the road in Baltimore for their other, for the biggest rivalry in professional football. And I think it's going to be just a little bit too much for the Steelers to be able to go back-to-back, -back, hard divisional matchups, and they're going to end up coming out of Baltimore with a loss. Yep, I agree completely with that. I mean, 5-2 and two at this point yep. is a very good... Very good record heading into the bye. Get some rest off those back-to-back -back AFC North games. Like you said, going to be a little banged up. 
get your health back during the bye and then come back at Dallas. So five and two, not a bad place to be. Coming back at Dallas, getting an extra week. This is where I really like Tomlin coming out of the matchup and having that extra week. But we're still saying this is the farthest that the Steelers have to travel, and they're only flying to Dallas this year. No West Coast games, no high-altitude Denver games. Everything's nice and easy for the Steelers. And this is a nice you know, quality, uh, temperature-controlled environment getting to go in and play the Dallas Cowboys, who will probably be coming off of a tougher matchup, but at least they'll have to play the week before, and the Steelers will get the advantage of having time, two weeks to prepare, and come away with a victory coming home from Dallas. Sure. I don't think this is a gimme by any means. Like I, I kind of alluded to it. I think Dak's going to be very good this year. I think the Cowboys in general have some pieces that are scary. They're, they're kind of brownsy. I don't, I don't know if I mentioned that before, but they're kind of brownsy in that mm-hmm. I can see them kind of taking off in either direction completely imploding or just completely kind of catching fire and being a really, really solid contending team. So at this point in the season, it it really just depends on what Dallas has done to me, how I feel about this game, but you know, gut reaction, it does seem like a a very winnable game off the bye for the Steelers of the first high scoring game of the season, I think as well. I think this has potential to just be a really fun kind of shootout despite the Steelers defense being amazing. Dallas is going to have all those weapons as well. And I think it, I think this just has that feel of just being a fun, you know, 30 point game. And now the Steelers are coming back home against Cincinnati to start off the second half of the season. After both of you have the steel, both of us have the Steelers going six and two to start off the first half of the season, coming home, playing Cincinnati, I see this as being an advantage of always playing the divisional opponent at home first, and I give that advantage to the Steelers and giving them the win. Yep, agreed on all fronts. And just on that note, seven and two, man, you're you're talking about at this point just trying to predict. That's like the the media member in me trying to predict what the storylines are going to be like, what the feel of the team's going to be like. Ben coming back at this point is when. Steelers fans are going to really take notice of like something special is starting to brew here and it's going to start getting the city's going to start getting super hype about it at this point. And this is the game I think, because I think they're not only going to beat Cincinnati, but they're going to crush them the first time at it's Joe, Joe Burrow's first experience with the Steelers at Heinz field. It's going to be, it's going to be rough for the Bengals, I think. And then coming off the next week, getting to play at home again or sorry they get to go on the road they get to have a a fall vacation a wintertime vacation and get to go get to see some warm weather in Jacksonville and for me coming off of a bye week coming off of some big big wins especially a big win against Cincinnati this is normally where the Steelers have trouble with that deadly trap game uh, normally mm-hmm. I would say if, if Jacksonville was better this would have been the the spot where they're going to lose. But the problems before when they had their trap losses was because something was missing on defense. And right now, if everybody's healthy on defense, they're healthy and they are dominant in all three phases. Uh, Defensive line, linebacker core, secondary. They don't have a weak spot. If everybody's doing well, those trap games don't exist anymore and they end up getting another win in Jacksonville, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a win. I'm, I'm like bouncing back to that Eagles pick where it just seems like this is about time for something to go wrong because you talk about seven and two coming off a big divisional win. Like, like you said, the trap game, not even so much that, but just the, uh, for me, it's more just the competitiveness of the NFL. You just talk about going eight and two, just a lot of teams. You just, it just doesn't happen. Something weird will go wrong, but looking at Jacksonville on paper, I just can't see, like you said, Every level of the defense, even off, like Steelers' offense versus Jacksonville's defense, Jacksonville's defense is not what it was just two years ago. You know, it's not yeah. the same Jacksonville defense. It's not the same scary secondary there. So yep. I, I just don't. Even though this feels like the time for me where the Steelers should lose another one, it's just I just don't see it against that Jaguars team. Yeah. And then we have the biggest matchup of the year. This is pretty much going to be the game that's going to probably set the tone for the division against Baltimore Thanksgiving night. And for me, when you have that type of matchup, they hate each other, anything can happen. Obviously, this is a, this, this is a, as thin as 
as the width of dental floss on who's going to win this game every time these teams match up. But like I had to go with the home team the first time the Steelers are matched up with the Ravens and the schedule. Here I'm going to have to go with the home team again, and I'm going to give the Steelers a big Thanksgiving night win against the hated Baltimore Ravens. That's huge. That's that's a huge win. It's a huge prediction. Coming off a quick turnaround off the Jacksonville game can be rough, I think. But Baltimore's got to do it too, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> I don't know where they're by it, but I. Yeah, yeah, I assume it's going to be rough for both squads. And like you said, that favors the home team for me, and it also favors that I feel like the Steelers should be able to breeze through Jacksonville, so they'll be coming off a pretty easy you know, low maintenance kind of win that should keep them healthy and just chugging right along into that Thanksgiving game. And if they are eight and two or whatever it would be at this point, seven, eight and two, if they are at that level and the Ravens are still excelling, this is absolutely going to be who is the king of the AFC North game right here on Thanksgiving. So I I just see Steelers being as motivated as possible. This is the one, this is the signature win of the season for me as well. And just so you guys know for your own knowledge, coming into the game on the short week, the four-day rest, will be the Ravens have to play the Titans at home. So that is a very difficult late-season matchup game for the Ravens to have to then go back and travel to Pittsburgh to play on Thanksgiving night. Yeah, not not just physically, but like whenever you consider that, also keep in mind mentally what you have to do. This is the team that just bounced you out of the playoffs and ruined your Cinderella 14 and 2 season last year. Yeah. They're going to be mentally mentally charged and hyped up for that game and yep. even if they win it, you got to wonder what kind of drainage that'll put on you. It's it's really tough to maintain that same kind of excitement and fire and they're going to need every every ounce of it on that Thursday night game. Yeah. Following the Thursday night game, The Steelers now come on back home against Washington again, two weeks in a row at home. Washington is a dumpster fire. I'm sorry, I live in the D.C., Baltimore area. They've always been a dumpster fire here recently, and I don't see them mounting any semblance of the ability to beat a team that only has, what do we have now, two two losses on the season to be able to make a win at this point of the season on the road for the Redskins. I see that as dire, and the Steelers get a win. Yeah, this is where I have to say the Steelers are going to drop a weird one again. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one. What I, Everything I just said about mentally, the, yeah. the mental charge carrying through, I think they're going to be a little drained at this point. Just everything that went into the winning streak that we had them on, capping it off with the Ravens, they're going to be a little down, a little tired. And honestly, they're going to say they never look ahead, but they're going to be looking ahead and they know they have to go to Buffalo the next week. Yep. They know they got to close out with two more AFC North games. They're going to come in with a little less fire than they should. And it's going to be a weird like 17, 14 Redskins win. So coming off of that loss for you and win for me, I, I come into what I think is going to be the toughest, the toughest matchup at this point of the season for the Steelers. And that's going to be against the Buffalo Bills who I think at this point is going to be the other team that's probably going to be fighting possibly for first round by, because there's only one now that's going to get a first round by in the, in the playoffs. It's not two teams now. It's with the seven making it from each conference. So right. this is going to be an enormous game, but being in Buffalo against the Buffalo crowd and Steelers haven't played there that late in the season at, at that late at night <laughs> where the you know, lake effect snow might be two to three feet, who knows by this point of the, of the season. But I see this as being a really, really tough matchup, just like it was last year, a close game, a defensive game, but I see Buffalo winning this game at home for their fans. Yeah. A couple things I think just in the script of the season that I've laid out is coming off a loss they're going to be a little extra fired up, a yeah. little extra charged. Yeah, They should have won this game last year, man. I covered it. I was in the yeah. press box for this one covering this game. That should have been a win. It, it was a completely disastrous game. The offense did not look great all season, but it was especially bad yeah. in that Bills game. Yeah, it was it a worked. brutal game to watch. And I think the Steelers obviously got better than the Bills in gaining back Ben Roethlisberger and gaining all these pieces that they did through the draft and through free agency. As much as we say about the Bills kind of being the class of the AFC after the Ravens, I still think the Steelers improved more Mm. uh, from last year to this year. So 
I think that's going to play in. I think they actually match up pretty decently with the Bills, and I think yeah, this I is too. going to be yeah. the bounce-back game that reestablishes them as legit top-level AFC contenders. Nice. Big win. So that so in your – so far with Hunter's record, that loss to an NFC team against Washington, though it hurts – hurts a lot less in the rankings for the number one team in the AFC when they end up beating Buffalo late. So that is an important matchup right there on, on, the, on your chart, and I like that. I like that a lot. Back-to-back, uh, -to -back, coming off of another primetime game, going straight into another Monday night game. You got an extra day to prepare for the Bengals, a team they know very well. For me, it's at Cincinnati. I think it's late in the season. I think right now it's a new quarterback. It, everything did not go as planned for the Cincinnati Bengals, in my opinion. And this is a Bengals team that had such high expectations in the beginning and the first matchup. By the time we see them at the second time, I just think that they're they're toothless, man. They are just not the Bengal Tigers we were expecting them to be. And Joe Exotic is doing time in jail. So I think they're going to drop that <laughs> game at home. I agree with you, man. I think they're they're going to sweep the Bengals this year. I think the Bengals, to their credit, made a lot of good moves and are doing right, good, doing some of the right things, doing some good things. But it's not going to happen that fast. You don't just turn around a franchise like that, the snap of the fingers. As much good as they did, it's still going to take more time. And I don't think they're there yet. I think this game is going to be much more competitive. You know, I said the Steelers are going to blow out the Bengals at home, which I do think. But I think this one's going to be close and competitive and show growth for the Bengals, but just still not there. And then we have our only home game in the last quarter of the season against Indianapolis. I think that that's the last chance for the Steelers to put their mark on the season. For me, that's got to be a win. Yeah, yeah, it's a win for all the reasons we discussed. They play Phillip Rivers well. They play the Colts well. They're going to be... What do we have them at here? Uh, 12 and, 12 and three. three, 11 and three. Yeah. yeah. So 11, no, 12 they're looking to, they're, yeah, 11 and three. yeah, sure. They're going to be looking to just close out the season with a bang and just keep that momentum rolling, potentially playing for that singular buy yeah. at that point. If the record is like that, they'll, they'll be in that contention. This will be a huge one. And yeah, I see the Steelers winning that. So now if they win that game, I think we both have them at 12 and three. Do I have them with three losses? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So so we're both at 12 and 3 and the final game of the season, I see it as possibly being a game that might not even mean that much now for the Steelers record and for the Steelers playoffs. Um the one seed may already be locked up. It may be the Steelers, it may be a, a, another team that's just above them. Maybe Kansas City. <laughs> Who knows? Kansas City might be undefeated. Who knows? But at at this point, if it's one of those two extremes, this might be a, a game where the Steelers don't even have to play, and since there's no other buys going into the playoffs anymore, this is the Steelers' bye week. They rest everybody. Cleveland's team now is too talented to lose to a, 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 the second-string JV football squad of the Steelers like they're used to doing at the end of the seasons. Cleveland gets the <laughs> final win there in Cleveland against the JV squad of the Steelers. Yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons to go both ways with this. A lot of stuff you mentioned, I think, is really important, and not just getting that by, yeah. but you know, making sure that you're healthy entering yeah. the playoffs, just protecting your health in an AFC North game. But I see, I see uh, the Steelers actually playing this game. You know, I don't think they'll treat it as a buy, but I do think they're still going to lose it. Mm -hmm. um, when I first saw this schedule, the first thing I thought was twelve and four. And I broke that down into two divisional losses and two just random losses outside the division. So yeah. to to maintain, just because I tweeted it, so I have to stick with my word. Because once you tweet something, it's out there for life, man. You can't. I said Yeah, exactly. I said twelve and four and two divisional losses, and this is the second one that looks super appealing to me yeah. for the Browns. Just just to make a point, even like, as much as we joked about that being the fire everybody game. They know that too. They're they're going to be playing for pride, even whether they're in the playoff picture or not. They're going to be playing for pride at home, week seventeen. Go out on a high note for your fans. They'll they'll somehow squeak out a win in this one. I think. 
So that's 12 and four. Steelers are playoff bound, it looks like, on both of our sheets. So, Steeler fans, we like to hear what you think too. Obviously, comment in the section underneath for the podcast at SteelerNation.com. Come and join our forum and jump inside and let us know what you're thinking as well, because that'll be a lot of fun to talk about. And, Hunter, always, always amazing to talk with you. And I always enjoy our conversations because they always go twice as long as what we're anticipating. But that's fantastic for us <laughs> and even better for people listening because they get twice the knowledge. <laughs> For sure, man. Thank you so much for having me back. It's always a good time. Like you said, I feel like we always get into it and just end up rolling for two hours. So what's better than two hours of AFC North talk, football talk on a Monday, that is Tuesday, whatever day you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, right. Monday. I think it's Monday. Jeez, what is it? It's, it's coronavirus day 348. What is it now? <laughs> I Yeah, I completely completely lost track man <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you too but steeler nation you've got to check out hunter at dkpittsburghsports.com follow him on twitter and instagram easy because he's got the same handle at hunter a homestack that's at h-u-n-t-e-r-a-h-o-m-i-s-t-e-k Hey, Steeler fans, be sure to come over to Steeler Nation. Come on over. Make sure you check out the gear page at SteelerNation.com. You can get the podcast shirts and sweatshirts. We got the great Steeler Nation logo up there now. Awesome, awesome stuff from our graphic designers that we're working on to rebrand the site. And I think we branded it perfectly for you, Steeler Nation. So come on over and grab that. Also, be sure to join us at the forum by clicking the forum button. And clicking the podcast button takes you to this fun podcast. You can always sign up as well to subscribe at Apple Podcasts directly from our site. And thank you again. I, of course, can be followed as well on Twitter and Instagram at Steeler Nation Striker. That is at SN Striker with a Y. Thanks again for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast. I'm your host, G Striker, with Hunter Homestek, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!